B2B buyers place a higher emphasis on trustworthy sources of content. And 65% have a higher preference for content that is being provided from industry experts, industry influencers, right? They want to trust, we just have to give it to them. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing, sales, and operations be better at their jobs. Packed with inspiring keynotes and tactical breakouts, B2BMX has blossomed into a must-attend event for anyone in the B2B realm. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. With this series, we'll revisit some of our favorite sessions and have follow-up conversations with some of the industry's top leaders and innovators. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. I'm Alicia Esposito, Senior Content Strategist for Demand Gen Report, and I'm really excited to kick things off with one of my favorite sessions from last year's B2B Marketing Exchange featuring Lee Odin. And the reason why is pretty simple. Last year, when we were developing the agenda for B2BMX, we really wanted to have a central theme, and that theme was B2B through a new lens. And Lee's session really drives this point home, focusing on the impact specifically of interactive content and influencer marketing. And as you can tell when you listen to this session, these two concepts really pack a powerful punch when they're used together successfully. Lee's going to share some data illustrating new buyer preferences and content consumption behaviors. He's going to share some real-life examples from real B2B brands. And most of all, he's going to share some best practices from some of the work that he's done with his firm. So without further ado, I'm going to let Lee do the talking, and hopefully you'll be inspired to reimagine your B2B content experience. All right. So congratulations to you because everyone in those other sessions are perfectly content with their boring content. And you guys are here to learn how not to be so damn boring, right? Not that you are now, but let's get to it. There we go. How to break free of boring B2B with interactive influencer content. What the heck is that? It's not a meatball Sunday, I promise. It actually makes sense. And uh, that's what I'll be talking about. Um, I've got to say thanks to uh, Andrew and the B2BMX team. This is my seventh year speaking at this event. Um, it's, it's an incredible conference. I know there's a lot of first-time uh, attendees here, and uh, I think you'll find the content is amazing in every track. So, how many people work, or work, yeah, you do work. How many people wake up every morning feeling, you know, B2B marketing is so exciting, right? It's amazing. <laughs> kind of like a Harlem Shake dance, yeah. Not so much for everybody, right? At least not for people who authored 2.1 million documents in Google search results that respond to the query, B2B boring. Yeah, it can be a bit of a drag sometimes, right? Because we're forced to follow certain protocols because that's the way we've always done it and lots of other reasons for content experiences that aren't exactly inspiring, right? 23% um, of CMOs agree, roughly, uh, they feel that only 23% are producing uh, the right content and delivering it at the right time in the right format. And who are the worst offenders? I did a little poll. Who do you think it is? White papers. <laughs> Those damn white papers. But the thing is, is white papers are actually effective. They're one of the most effective content marketing tactics for B2B. In fact, Michelle Little here from PTC says, and I agree with her, contrary to popular belief, people still read these traditional content formats like white papers, ebooks, and case studies, but you need to pull them in. 
right? You need to sell it with attention-grabbing visuals so they have an idea of what it is that they're going to get. And I, and I, and I like how she's thinking here. Um, so ultimately, B2B doesn't have to mean boring to boring like it does for so many companies, right? There's things we can do to spice that content up. Not just being more personalized and better targeted and more relevant, but adding interactive features, adding visual features, adding tools, uh, quizzes, all types of things that can create an experience for that person. And now you're moving from just informing to almost infotaining that buyer and helping them feel something so they're ready to hear what you have to say next. Now, there are some challenges, and one of them is the idea of information overload, like this simulated uh, augmented reality experience. Um, I mean, can you imagine? Your brain would explode if this is the way you had to see the world. But from a B2B perspective, it's more like this, right? People are confronted with so many desperate B2B salespeople trying to make that quarter's goal <laughs> that it, it, there's just this issue with trust. In fact, speaking of trust, um, buyers uh, don't trust. Uh, and they expect more, or they expect more, they trust less, right? So in terms of expecting more, you see this consumerization of MarTech, right? We have more consumer experiences, expectations with marketing technology. That sort of expectation is now transferring over to marketing, B2B marketing as well. Um, in terms of trust, there's a study by HubSpot, 65% of buyers don't trust ads. 55%, I can't believe this, they don't even trust the companies they buy from. That's an uphill battle, man. Now, 81% trust friends and family over businesses, and, and so we've got to figure this out. How can we connect with people in a more meaningful way? What is it that they do trust? And I'll hear you, this is another part of that study from HubSpot, and on the top we have like doctors and lawyers and, no, we don't have lawyers, sorry. <laughs> doctors, yeah, used car salesmen, no, 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 no. Doctors, firefighters, teachers, and then where, where's marketer on here? <laughs> Underneath barista. So maybe we should go to Starbucks <laughs> and get our marketing advice, right? If we had to go by this, it's crazy. So trust is an issue and buyers want to trust, they really do. And there's a great content preferences study done by, uh, published by DemandGen Report. 78% um, of B2B buyers place a higher emphasis on trustworthy sources of content. And 65% have a higher preference for content that is being provided from industry experts industry influencers, right? They want to trust, we just have to give it to them. We have to give that trust to them. By the way, I have tweets automatically scheduled to publish most of these stats as we're sitting here, so just go to Lee Oden and on Twitter and feel free to retweet them if you want. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of different things we can do um, to give them what it is that they're looking for, right? Content that is relevant and useful, uh, you can co-create and animate, as we really like to do, um, including credible experts to add some authenticity and authority. Things, uh, content experiences that are visually engaging and maybe even interactive. Not all the time, but some of the time where it makes So where's the data to support this advocacy for in, uh, interactive content? And there's a couple of different studies. Oh, there we go. We do have the flying fish. Um, so 81% of marketers agree that interactive content grabs attention better than static content. I can't believe that's not 99.9%, .9%, right? Um, but where is it? 70% say interactive content is effective at converting site visitors. Now that should get your attention, right? Because when we're talking about conversions, that's really what pays the bills at the end of the day, not just top of funnel stuff, right? Well, what about influencer content? Now, there's plenty of statistics out there in the industry advocating for influencer marketing, working with influencers, even in B2B where it's a little slower to adopt than in B2C. But 
in our experience, and we've been working with influencer marketing and B2B space for about six, seven years, right? So have had a lot of experience in actually pushing to see what pushes back, experiment, test, and that sort of thing. And I know that customer experience management is a bit of a keyword or a, a, a trend, a thing that a lot of folks are focusing on for good reason. And in that context, when you look at attract, engage, convert, retain, and advocate, in working with influencers, incredible experts, co-creating and collaborating can play a role at every single stage of that customer life cycle. So obviously, if people are ignoring your ads, if you could work with folks who are credible voices that have the trust of their audiences, now you can connect with them and reach those new audiences. Um, many of the people who play the influencer game, and even in B2B, are also good content creators. They may have media creation skills that you don't have in your company. And so you can not only add to the content and media creation capabilities, but also in a more authentic way, incorporating more of that voice of the customer because they do represent your customer. Influencers are trusted. You can use the right kind of influencers and a funnel to increase conversions. You can activate influencers amongst your community to advance your your, uh, retention goals, and when you're publishing those case studies that we all do in B2B, we can start to take a look at the influence of the brands and the individuals we're mentioning from those brands and pick those who are, why can't you do both? And I love what Amisha Gandhi says. She's the pioneer of influencer marketing at SAP. Now she's at Ariba. She says, working with influencers to co-create content creates mutual value, and that's a great thing. And that's especially important in B2B, where a lot of B2B influencers aren't necessarily compensated. Sometimes they are, and I'm a big fan of that, but sometimes they're not. And so you've got to create some mutual value in order for them to be inspired to want to play the game with you. But when that content is interactive, it creates an experience that is more engaging and it inspires action, not only for your buyers, but for the people who are contributing the content in the first place. That inspires them to share and amplify in a more substantial and meaningful way. And it also adds to the relationship between that influencer for organic advocacy long after that campaign is done. So what does this look like, right? What does this look like? Um, there's a company called Profix. They're a corporate performance management, corporate performance management software, say that three times fast, uh, company, right? And um, their audience is finance and planning and analysis industry, the finance industry, basically. And so they had the strategy of driving awareness around engagement, awareness and engagement around CPM solution, their CPM solution through thought leadership around how finance in a company can drive the business forward to create more credibility for the office of finance. So research report, this is the, uh, the solution, was to do some original research and then connect with some finance influencers to talk about how that is true, right? Now, when you think about corporate performance management software and the finance, do you think sexy? <laughs> do you think interesting, infotaining? It, it can be a little bit dry. So we had to find something that would be you know, have open arms to anybody and not feel intimidated and to feel welcome and what better thing than the notion of Candy Crush. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you've never seen a Candy Crush interactive quiz in the finance industry before, um, but that's something a lot of people could relate to. So we had a portfolio of content, including the research report, something we call a power page, which is an encyclopedic treatment of a, of a topic 
um, that serves sort of as a landing page, and that is where the interactive quiz was embedded. There's a sequence of interviews with the influencers, a list post of the influ influencers. Um, we created a, uh, a slide share version of the quiz content, an infographic and social graphics, and maybe some other stuff I'm forgetting, but it was quite robust. And on the promotion side of things, we did the normal stuff, brand social channels, the influencers amplified, some ads. There's some SEO going on in here, as we like to do with pretty much everything, and email promotion. So. Let me break down into the details. So, um, of course, we didn't just go make this cool thing and then that's all there was to it. There's no relationship pretty much with, the inf with any influencers in this scenario. So how do you quickly create a connection with industry experts? Honor give them recognition, right? So we, we researched some of the top finance thought leaders and we made a list post and said, these are the top uh, influencers in finance and we published that post and of course, their alerts all went off, and they loved this, and they shared it, and they interacted with it, and this ended up being the top performing blog post for this company um, for the year. And then out of that group of people who were on the original list, and by the way, this isn't the way you need to do it every time. This is just one way of quickly creating positive, warm, and fuzzies with the influencers you want to work with. So the next step was to invite some of them to contribute their expertise into this really cool asset we were creating that is a reaction to the research report, right? And of course, we caricaturized them uh, to follow along with the whole game theme. And we made this interactive quiz, right? With a cool theme, crush it. And so um, we interviewed the influencers. And out of the interviews, uh, we obviously published blog posts. But we used some of the uh, tidbits, if you will, the micro content out of those interviews and constructed these quiz questions. So they were actually in the quiz, right? Um, and uh, in terms of content, like I mentioned, blog posts, interactive quiz, um, uh, infographic, slide share, and so forth. The influencer content flow to download was, of course, that those interviews all drove traffic to the landing page, the power page, where the embedded quiz was. And that call to action went to the traditional looking research report with over 600 more, 600 percent more views than our goal. So um, in terms of our objective of creating awareness and thought leadership, that satisfied our goal. So that's the kind of thing that we do um, at our company, at Top Rank Marketing, where we work with an incredible portfolio of B2B brands. And I'm, I'm very honored and proud of the fact that um, our, our, uh, you know, we're a small agency in the scheme of things, but we fight way, way above our weight um, in terms of uh, this team. In fact, um, uh, who, uh, Tim just mentioned, um, he, I think he said Forbes or something like that, but it was actually uh, Forrester listed um, top B2B marketing agencies and we were included in that list. But what was cool, that was cool, but what was cool is that we were the only B2B agency listed with influencer marketing capabilities out of all those agencies, which is pretty cool. And, and, and what's behind that are our social influence team. And so to honor them, I made a little video to introduce you to them. Debbie, <laughs> too bad Debbie's not here. Ashley, who's sitting right here. You should have worn your wig. And Jack, I don't know who that guy is. That's enough, that's enough. Infotaining, it's good. So top interactive formats. Um, Content Marketing Institute and Ion Interactive did some research not too long ago. Um, around what kinds of interactive formats were best at different stages of the funnel. And the top uh, five for top of funnel 
contests, games, quizzes, interactive infographics, and assessments. These are things that are pretty simple, fairly straightforward, things that you can do to just get someone's attention and entertain them a little bit, get them thinking in context, of course. It's gotta be relevant. Maybe it's tangential, but it's gotta be relevant. And then that leaves them wondering, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? Now, GoToMeeting did a really cool uh, project uh, around this where they had a sports ESPN-ish kind of theme, MVP, um, meeting planners or MVP meeting people. Sorry, I'm screwing that up, but you know, you get what I'm saying. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna share, uh, the they made this really cool video with people who that represented their target audience. And you'll see what I mean in a second here. I talk with my mouth, but I sell with my hands. video conference champion, Scott Steele. Diving in hot, I love the awkward, should I grab the coffee mug or should I not? I don't know. So uh, along with that video was, of course, this assessment that you could take to basically guide you through some questions that would lead you to the conclusion that maybe this is a solution you might want to consider, or at least investigate more information. So very straightforward, uh, good example of top of funnel interactive experience. Now, um, in terms of middle and end of funnel, uh, you've got things like more intensive experiences, more intensive asks of the uh, buyer. Calculators, interactive white papers, ebooks, and videos, wizards, product configurators, if that makes sense in a B2B scenario. Um, and uh, there's an example of an interactive white paper, I think, that's pretty good by uh, NetApp. And it's been done, I think, on the Ion Interactive platform. So they've got multiple chapters, and the first chapter is free, and you can consume that. But then, of course, to get to the other, and there's little like micro quizzes and light animated elements within. Um, and then, of course, if you want to get to chapter two and so forth, you've got to actually provide some contact information so they can nurture you. There you go. Okay. So those are some examples of some top formats, right? Um, but what's next? And one thing that we're really investigating, we're experimenting, and we have our uh, first VR client um, that will be launching probably in a couple of months or so, and I'm excited about that. Um, this is actually a mock-up that we created. Now it's a, powered by a game in, or by a map engine. You can see Jay Bear there. Um, so we can create these environments where influencers can be represented, and obviously we can reskin this to be, you know, not Blade Runner like or whatever, but something brighter and, and more sunny. But um, where we can embed in those blue areas, where you can embed videos, and you can go and interact with the influencer in terms of just them dispelling content of some kind, audio or video. And there's a lot of different options here. And this is something that someone can experience by putting their phone in one of those little headset thing, things made out of cardboard or a real one, or they could uh, consume it on the web. Um, we've even talked to some clients about activating at conferences and actually having this VR uh, experience at a booth and then actually having influencers there to interact with. So a lot of different fun things that you can do. And of course, the cool thing is that we can repurpose any content that's in this um, contained experience externally as video, as text, or even audio. So there's lots of extended value that can be achieved uh, through that. So let's talk about some best practices. Now, I've got to warn you, this next section here is uh, almost workshoppy. It's a bit meaty. Um, so I'm, I am going to go fast so I don't run out of time. But there's a lot of information here. You guys can get a copy of this deck. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you how at the, at the end here. And you don't have to 
Uh, well, I'll tell you at the end. All right, so first step. First of the five steps. First, identify, qualify, and validate. Do not rely on a C-suite person or someone in marketing or PR to just go, well, here's our influencers. Why are they an influencer? Because, because I said so. I like them. Or everybody says so. Where's the data in that? Use data. You guys are smart marketers. Use data to inform who these folks are, why they are relevant, why their audience is also relevant, because what good is it if you have a subject matter expert contribute to the thing, and then when they share it, it's silent, and <laughs> nobody does anything, right? So it is a good idea to brainstorm with your executives, because they do have that firsthand knowledge. That's how you identify. And then we qualify by bringing those research names, and you can use tools like BuzzSumo and whatnot that only use Twitter data, and bring them into a tool like Analytica or Tracker, which are both super B2B friendly. And I know it's only Tracker mentioned here, but Analytica and Tracker are both very B2B friendly. And then they will use data to uh, identify whether, to what extent is an individual topically relevant to your target idea? To what degree does their audience resonate with the things that they publish? And of course, you have other things like network size and the degree to which that network is, is relevant. There are other metrics, but those are basically the three. And once you've identified those individuals and you've qualified and validated them, you actually see that they, they actually do publish, right? Um, they have published recently. Um, maybe they publish, you need bloggers, so you've got to validate they actually have a blog or they just on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and then you're going to look at uh, mapping the topic that they are relevant for to the topics of your content plan, right? Um, so it's not enough, I mean, it's very simple things. You just go, here's some famous topically relevant influencers and I'll sprinkle them in some content. Yay, and that's a great, you know, 101 kind of thing to do. Obviously, as more sophisticated marketers like you guys are, you're gonna wanna think about, okay, there are different questions people have at different stages of that buyer journey. Now, how can I, I'm gonna find industry experts or even internal experts that are specifically relevant for the ideas for those different stages. Because it's a great thing for you as a brand to answer those buyer questions, but it's even better when you have a third party expert answer those questions at those different stages. So um, nurture and activate. So you know, people who are playing the influencer game, people who, very few people in the B2B, relative to the totality, self-identify as influencers. Uh, whereas in B2C, of course, everybody <laughs> identifies as an influencer that has a phone. So um, there's a lot of subject matter experts that have credibility, they have an active audience paying attention, they publish and all that stuff, but you're gonna have to nurture those folks. The people who are keynote speakers, book authors in the B2B space or they're analysts or academics and they're playing the game, of course it's a little easier to ask them to collaborate on a thing and they're more likely to say yes because that's the game they play. But for people who aren't playing that game necessarily, you're gonna need to nurture. And there are some examples of what you might wanna do. Sim follow, interact with them if they publish articles, leave comments on those articles or those blogs blog posts, um, ask them something very simple, like a, a, can I get one, you know, I'd like to invite you to um, share one tip or a quote for an article we're writing, you follow that up. And journalists have played this game with me, I'm sure with people in here, where they ask you for a tip, you give them the tip, and they follow up with another email and go, you know, that's very interesting what you had to say. We're wondering if you'd like to do a long form interview where I asked you eight or nine really hard to answer questions. 
Um, and well, okay, right? Because you've got a little bit of a relationship going there. And then ultimately you might decide to develop a VIP influencer group where they are working with you on an ongoing basis. Example, Stephanie Lossi, head of content at Visa, you know, added her to a list honoring um, top marketers, uh, followed up and asked her for a tip for another roundup post. And then when she was keynoting at Content Marketing World, asked her to do one of those 10 question long form interviews. She quickly and easily said yes because we had already built a relationship. And here's the thing, we made it easy for her to get started and we, made, we created an inverse and a positive way relationship between her effort was here, her return in terms of exposure is up here all the time, every time. You've always got to over deliver uh, when you're using a value exchange as compensation versus money. Now from a pitch, uh, I've got a couple of examples of different email communications. Um, so obviously you want to personalize um, and establish credibility and context. Like who are you? What, what, you know, what is the most credible thing you can say? It, either you're credible or the brand you're working for is credible, right? Um, be short and to the point, not short, but be succinct and to the point. Um, tap into ego and aspiration. So uh, one of my favorite things to do is to uh, recruit a very well-known industry influencer in that segment and then introduce them to other candidates and say, you know, so-and-so is on board. Doesn't your name belong next to theirs in this really cool thing? Because you're obviously a thought leader as well. And we'd love to have you be a part of this program. Make it easy for them to get going. Illustrate the benefits. The last time we did this, these are the outcomes. Everyone is very happy. We're expecting the same kind of result for this thing that we're inviting you to do as well. And just share the opportunity and ask them how to get, you know, uh, to say yes or, ask for, or um, ask for more information. There we go. Boom. Okay, so after we've pitched and now it's time to co-create. Um, some considerations with co-creation. Obviously, you want to ask relevant influencers uh, to do relevant things, right? So we ask a YouTuber to create video, we ask a uh, columnist to create text content, and so on and so forth, right? Um, give them the goal, especially the, if, if they are further, uh, more sophisticated, further along the line of being an influencer, give them your marketing goal. This is what we're trying to achieve, right? Because they understand, they get it. Um, and in terms of content, give them control uh, to the extent that that's possible uh, with your brand cops or brand people <laughs> at your company. Make it easy, you'll see this as a theme. Set expectations for what you want, give examples, um, and definitely you've got to ensure compliance. FTC, GDPR um, has implications for working with influencers, so this is very important that you have some governance around that. And um, also understand the difference between organic and paid, right? Um, you know, you offer money for a work product, right? If, so the influencer is going to have to do something substantial. You should pay for that. You really should. And, the, and, and one of the reasons is not just to compensate them, but the other reason is, is because they're going to be highly motivated to do the best job. And when you give them expectations, they know they've got to work hard to meet those expectations because compensation is involved. So if you have uh, recurring articles or uh, some types of event participation, that sort of thing, compensation totally makes sense. Organic is very different. So just because someone says, yes, I want to be a part of the team here and making this thing with all these other um, uh, credible experts, doesn't mean they're actually going to follow through and do the thing. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so you know, people are busy, they see an email, they go, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, send me the info. And then you're like, where's the thing? You know what I mean? So um, obviously there's some best practices around that. One of them is never to make reference to the fact that they have not delivered as they promised. Never. <laughs> you said you would. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that delete, they'll never work with you again. So it's like, I understand empathy. I understand you're busy, and here's a couple of ways um, we, could do, uh, we could do this to make it easier. Um, in fact, you know, you have Siri, right? Say what you want to say into your phone, send it to us, and we'll wordsmith it and make it look beautiful, right? Send us an audio. We'll call you. Just say stuff for five minutes, and we'll turn it into magic, right? It'll be amazing for you. We'll make you look good because that's our job, right? If you're good at influencer marketing. Um, provide examples. Give them a template um, and CTA and offer to help, right? Some fundamental best practices there. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. Amplification. Um, again, share goals and provide resources, right? Pre-write social shares. Provide different types of graphics. Provide personalized social shares. Provide social shares that empathize with what it's like to be an influencer, right? So in most cases, it doesn't work to give an influencer a big photo of themselves like they're going to share that. Some will do that, and that's okay, but most, no, and not, not so much in B2B. They wanna, they're in it for the greater good. They're in it to amplify their peers. That's what's going to motivate them to share. They're going to amplify based on the merits of the thing that was made, right? Um, communicate progress and always, always do a last call. So you might send an email saying, hey, okay, here's the timeline. We're going to publish on this date. Here's some social shares you can use to queue up your, your buffer or whatever, your, your uh, scheduling uh, tool. And then the thing publishes. You're like, hey, everybody, the thing published today, da, da, da. And then maybe a week later, you go, okay, here's some new assets that we've created. Just want to let you know. This is sort of, you don't say last call, but it's a last call. It's like one last reminder of how things are going and uh, an opportunity for people to share in case they have forgotten or if they want to uh, do it again, right? And make sharing easy. Again, Pre-written social shares, and if you have embeddable media like uh, Cirrus Experience or Snap App Experience, I think those are embeddable. Uh, obviously, YouTube, uh, SlideShare, those sorts of things. They're a blogger. Give them that embed code. There's a good chance they'll write a blog post, and a, that's a beautiful link back to your asset, uh, but more importantly, traffic back to your, um, to your content. Boom, boom, boom. And five. Uh, monitor, nurture, and repurpose. Okay, it's eight, but you know, it's <laughs> I had to package it into five. So monitoring, uh, use a social monitoring tool of some kind. Um, in this case, I've got a screenshot of Tracker, which is monitoring the speakers here at this conference specifically. And now I can use search queries against just the stuff that the speakers at this event have shared. I can see what the trending topics are amongst just those speakers. And I could see if any of them are mentioned. I can take a benchmark measurement to see, are they mentioning a, a brand name of interest, like top rank, uh, at a, as at a baseline, and then I can measure that as I go to see if there's lift on that or not. But in terms of nurturing, there's some fundamental things you can do. Obviously, monitor and engage on social. Connect with them one to one. Send them an email. How's it going? You know, um, let's have a phone call. Let's. I just want to bring you up to date on a couple things. I have found something that you might find interesting. Da 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 da. And a lot of times, our social team, uh, social influence team, are making friends in a way, professional friends with the influencers they work with over and over and over again. And there's an incredible amount of trust that starts to uh, occur as a result. And there's no substitute for in-person engagement, especially at events. Quote them in other content. I mean, that shows that you're still thinking about them. So. Um, Share relevant brand updates with them to let them know how things are going. Don't just work with them for the campaign. You should have a list, an email list that you send to on a periodic basis that represents all the influencers you've ever worked with to just keep them informed on things that are happening within your brand. 
Because if they weren't interested, they wouldn't have said yes to be a contributor to the thing that brought them onto the list in the first place. And of course, engage them for paid work. I can't tell you what's more motivating um, than being part of a really great cause, and that is to be compensated appropriately for um, the right kind of uh, work. And that doesn't mean you have to pay them all the time. It's just for that thing. But when you have that relationship, it really strengthens the professional um, capabilities that that influencer can bring to the table for you. When it comes to repurposing, one of the things that I like to do is look at influencer contributions as micro content. Now, this is a spreadsheet of all the content marketing influencer quotes that we've received from um, all the content marketing world ebooks that we've created over the years. So there's, and, and they're tagged. There's a taxonomy of topics associated with every single topic. So if I wanted to go, okay, I want to create a listicle post of all the B2B marketers talking about Snapchat in the context of content marketing, you now it's kind of an obscure but super unique list, I can quick do a sort and I can do that. So when you archive uh, that micro content in this way, not only can you create listicle blog posts, but you could easily create infographics. You can season newsletters and eBooks. You can uh, even create things like motion graphics after the fact. Not only does this make it easy for you to create more topically relevant content after the fact, it's another warm and fuzzy to show the influencer that you've got them in mind. Right? And, it, and it continues to maintain the relationship. So um, how about some case studies? How about some case studies? So I'm gonna share uh, three different case studies. Um, this first one was uh, as a result of a research report that I developed with, or that we developed with um, Altimeter Group and Tracker, an influencer relationship management platform around the idea of influencer marketing, Influence 2.0. Brian Solis wrote the report. And the report was really good and it was well designed and all that. And we got media coverage where I was like, I want to get some more out of this, you know? And so I to create this interactive infographic based only on some of the influencers who contributed content and some statistics from the report. And the goal was to drive awareness and actual leads. And so those are some of the people who were represented in this very simple info and, uh, interactive infographic. So that infographic just had one CTA, download the full report. 6,900 views, 42% conversion rate, right? Not bad. Those are names to be nurtured, okay? So that's something you all can do if you're not already doing that kind of thing already, right? This is a very straightforward kind of thing you can do. Um, and uh, all the examples, by the way, it just a, it's a coincidence, I suppose. We have used other platforms, but all the examples I'm sharing here are built on the Cirrus platform. So here's another uh, example. So this is a multi-campaign program over almost a year period of time. There were five different campaigns where the first four campaigns were designed, uh, well, the first four campaigns were on uh, content marketing topics, so this is for a content planning software company. The fifth campaign was made up uh, out of the, the best of, it was repurposed content from the first four, but it was presented as an interactive experience, right? So a content planning, strategy, um, the future of, con uh, of content planning. What am I saying here? Content planning, oh, the research report. This started with a research report. That's relevant because that was a call to action on the, on the interactive asset. So you had a research report, strategy, planning, measurement, and then the fifth thing was how to, uh, the future, a comprehensive guide to content marketing and planning. So this is pretty much what, and because future proof was the narrative that tied all those campaigns together, we used um, back to the future as the aesthetic 
or metaphor. So you can see all the influencers that were uh, involved in all, and many of them are speakers here, um, that were involved in all those, those first four campaigns. We added even more influencers to give commentary on the fifth asset as well. Um, four times the number. So one of the calls to action was to answer survey questions for the next year's survey. Four times our goal and four times as many software trial signups sign as, as we had uh, planned. So uh, it was a very successful thing and it was efficient to do because it was all repurposed content. So the last case study I want to share with you is about um, bringing voice and audio into an experience. And it's going to start talking here in a second. Hi, I'm Penny, your finance virtual digital assistant. Someday, I'll make quarterly reporting as easy as using Alexa to order takeout. Right now, I'll guide you through the expert advice in this interactive ebook. Look for my icon on each page. So we wanted to build credibility around finance and AI by including finance and AI experts and have them deliver their, exper their expertise through audio. Okay, I found some advice from Jack McCullough, founder and president, the CFO Leadership Council. If you want specific tasks, I would say things that are kind of routine and process transactional oriented. So you, you get the idea. So you can navigate this content experience. It's like a microsite, but it's embeddable as well. So it could stand on its own, be full screen, or it can be embedded in any web page or blog post, that sort of thing. And so the idea here, of course, is you know um, we're talking about machine learning and AI, voice assistance, our form, you know, natural language pro. Uh, natural language processing, excuse me, um, AI. So what better way to bring those worlds together through this sort of experience? And of course, everyone can relate to Siri and Alexa and that sort of thing. So it's a very fun, packaged way to deliver information in an infotaining way, both through audio and through text. Um, this, the, 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 the topical, uh, the topics were in part driven by keyword research, which I can't stress how important that is because if you're not taking Keyword research is your ability to tap into the pulse of what's important and interesting to people who are actively looking for solutions, right? And if you take that into account in your ideation phase and your content architecture or content planning phase, you know, in a way, even if you're not employing an SEO, you're creating SEO-friendly content, right? And so those keyword, that keyword research helped inform topics and also the influencers that were selected, right? Because we want to have continuity. We want people that, to do search and find uh, this content and then see influencers who are also relevant for that very same thing we just searched on, right? Um, and as a result, uh, almost 189% increase in views and 642% more engagement than we even planned. So um, it was a very successful sort of experience. So. Um, we created a, a version of what I'm talking about for this conference, uh, break free of how to break free of boring B2B, um, and I'm going to share with you a promo video for that. So, not your typical B2B. <laughs> content, right? And um, so what that is, is it's a serious experience, right? So um, we talk to people like um, Michael Brenner, David Meerman, Scott, um, Brian here, um, and, and 14 different people, including myself, contributed expertise around content planning, how to make 
content, B2B content not boring. So uh, from the point of view, from a planning perspective, from a uh, creation perspective, from a um, promotion perspective, and also from a measurement perspective. Anyway, um, this has had thousands of views in only one week, right? Thousands of views in only one week and pretty much just been promoted through the influencers and through our brand channels. So um, you'll have to check that out if you haven't seen it yet. So uh, my takeaways here, how to get started with this sort of thing, identify a customer solution topic, right? What is it that you think you need to be influential about that will be meaningful to your customers? And then decide what kind of interactive content type makes sense for your program, right? What's the story you're trying to tell that will be relevant to your customers and what do you want them to do next? Then identify those relevant influencers and map them to the content, right? Map influencers that are specifically relevant to the different parts of content that you're going to publish. Collect your tips, create the content experience, promote the heck out of it, and then I can't stress enough the importance of nurturing those influencers for future engagement because if you compete with me and you're not nurturing those influencers, I will steal them from you. Okay? So there you go. Um, if you have any questions, my contact info is there. That break free of boring B2B guide is uh, at that URL on top. And I think we have time for a couple of questions. Right. What's the line? What's the line between paying and not paying an influencer? Yes, uh, a pull quote. So uh, one dimension is how famous are they on the spectrum of being an influencer? Are they a professional influencer? Like, is this is if this is what they do for a living, then you should expect to pay because they're bringing a level of talent that some engineer who might be super smart and have a nice blog and, and a thousand Twitter followers just isn't gonna bring to the table for you. And so you're gonna get a lot more return out of that person, so you pay them. Um, more substantial asks, sometimes like, um, hey, we'd like you to write a, a, a thousand word article for us once a month. Th th that could go either way. More often than not, it leans towards the side of paying them some honorarium uh, each time you contribute. It is a, um, you might invite your influencers to come to an event that's very popular in B2B, come to our event, you pay for travel, you pay for hotel, you don't necessarily pay them, unless you have them giving presentations or workshops or doing some kind of deliverable. And you know what, there's a lot of other things we can talk after, but hopefully that helps. Yeah. For keyword research? Um, SEMrush is a great tool, S-E-M-R-U-S-H.com. It's a, it's, it's a uh, man, it's soup to nuts when it comes to SEO stuff. But there's a really cool keyword research tool. Um, you can use under, BuzzSumo. BuzzSumo has a new tool called Topic Explorer that'll allow you to put in a topic and it'll not only show you the best performing uh, blog posts for that topic, but it'll also show you the questions people are literally asking about that topic and you can drill down and uh, you know, get, get inspired that way. It's not search keyword research per se, it's more social keyword research, but uh, I'd recommend that. Any other, yeah? Information on best practices. Best practices compensation, yeah, it's, an, it's a, like you're hiring a vendor. You're hiring a, an independent consultant. That's, you know, so you have a contract, an agreement that stipulates what the deliverables are, timeline and all that sort of thing. And known fee structures. Oh, known fee structures? 
Yeah, that is, that is a, um, right. It's, so it's not like an answer I can just give you, right? It depends on what the thing is. Um, you can establish an hour, you can ask them, what would you charge to do this and then negotiate? That's probably one way I would get into it. Yep. Last question? No? Okay, great, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. To receive future episodes, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you're hungry for more B2B best practices, join us at the 2020 B2B Marketing Exchange coming to Scottsdale, Arizona from February 24th to 26th. You'll have access to more than 100 sessions focused on content marketing, demand gen, ABM, and so much more. Save 25% on your pass by using discount code B2BPOD. That's B2BPOD. We hope to see you there.